Francisco 49 is deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, stiff form going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Groovy, Walgren, Bill Belichick, where all students of Bill Walsh don't ever forget. I'm Lee Gowland. I'm Brian Davis. And this is the 49er Fearful UK Show. Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode of the 49er Fearful UK Show. Today's show will be a test of my editing skills, as I'm currently sat in a Premiere Inn in Stains-on-Thames, and I've got a lot of background noise to deal with, so hopefully this comes through loud and clear. On today's show, we're going to be reviewing the Bengals game, and I'm joined by Ian Lane Montrose. Hello, Ian. Hi there, how you doing? I'm fine. How, how's the weather where you are at the moment? Uh, pretty much the same as in raining a lot at the moment, but uh, with bits of sunshine. So the sunniest part was the Niner game, I think, for the weekend. So I think you're right. So what, would you like to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, where you were originally from, where you were currently located, and how you became a 49ers fan? Yeah, so I'm from Manchester in England originally, moved out to the United States about 10 years ago, lived in San Jose. Uh, That's how I became a Niner fan. Um, Went to my first game and caught the bug and decided to buy new seats at the stadium uh, when uh, they moved across and been a season ticket ever since. And I currently live in Vancouver, Washington, which is about eight hours north of uh, the Bay Area. So, yeah. So that's quite a trick you've got for a game day then. Yes, it is. Uh, I've made several trips. At, at this point, I just rent a car now, so I don't put miles on my own car. But uh, it's uh, definitely cheaper than flying. But it's making making that commute a little bit harder, I have to say. Yeah, yeah, understandable. Okay, then. So into the review, and we'll start off with the negatives and finish with the positives um, before putting Ian on the spot for a season prediction, along with both predictions on both sides of the ball. So, Ian... Would you like to start us off with the negatives you observed during the game? Yeah, I mean, I think both of us were in shock with uh, Joe's Joe's injury. Uh, a real a real downer on what it would have been just a perfect second game of the season. Um, obviously, the leadership will stay there. Joe's the kind of player that will just hang around no matter what. But you're losing that leadership on on the line itself. Um, with obviously you have on the opposite side, you've got Mike McGlinchey and. It's just it's a horrible way to to finish a second game of the season with uh, a pillar of the offense uh, missing for a couple of uh, a couple of weeks here. But um, hopefully the bye week will make that a little bit more uh, easy to deal with. But um, definitely the big negative for me. How about you? Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, and and to be honest, when he went off, my first reaction was, oh, he's going to be all right because I, I know I know what George Staley's like, and he said it himself. He, he's as soft as clots whenever he gets an injury. Um, I remember the first game, well, the only game I was out at Candlestick Park against uh, the Rams, um, December 2013, and he rolled his ankle. And he was rolling about as though he'd been shot by a sniper. He came off. I think they kept him off for the rest of the game. But he said after the game in the interview, yeah, I'm a bit soft when it comes to injuries like that. I kind of overreact when it first happens. Um, So I kind of hoped this would be the same case. I was hoping it wasn't going to be as bad as what it could have been. And to be honest, it didn't actually look bad. It looked as though he just rolled his ankle. I didn't realise it was going to be as bad as a broken leg. So that was a bit bit of a disappointment. So the prognosis is six to eight weeks he's going to be out, which means he should be back in time for the Green Bay Packers game 
which I'm happy about because that's the one I'm going to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the other thing with, with Staley's, I mean, I've seen his nose at a right angle before in a game. You know what I mean? Like I've seen him go through all kinds of stuff. And just like you, I thought uh, he'll, he'll spend, you know, one or two uh, downs off the field and then just come trotting back on. But um, when you saw him getting taken away on the cart, you know, it, it just shades of the Garoppolo in, you know what I mean? It was just like one of those heart sinking yeah. moments where you're like, uh, and then, and then again, you and I had the same thing about Jimmy when he started running, my heart was in my mouth for a second. I'm like, Oh, please just even, even sliding was freaky for me. Like, please slide on the other, uh, on the other side of the, uh, on your other leg. You know what I mean? It was a bit, uh, yeah, for me with the running and the sliding, it was the fact that I was sliding head first. And yeah. I mean, we all know what happened to Alex Smith when he slid head first, he ended up with the, in the concussion protocol. Um, lost his place to Colin Kaepernick, and the rest is history. So, yeah, I, w- I would never, ever suggest he slides head first, and I think Shanahan will be saying exactly the same to him um, once he got back into the locker room. But I also flip that, which uh, my second negative actually leads me nicely to my second negative, was was that the interception. I don't think he saw the corner or the safety um, in the position. I think he, he, he jumped the, the route um, on the out. But I did see a lot of good... Uh, throws from Jimmy in terms of he was throwing guys high deliberately at the sideline so it didn't get intercepted. So even though we did see one interception, I think a pass rating of I think it was like 113 or something is still pretty good. But again, an interception against the Bengals may not have decided the game, but on high, like in a division against the Seahawks or the Rams, that may end up costing us a lot more. So uh, an interception didn't cost us this game. However, he was thrown into, I think, triple coverage at the end of it. You know, there were, there were at least three defenders around him by the time that ball hit the ground. So uh, I don't know about you, but again, that rust is, you can see the rust is coming off. You're starting to see what Jimmy was doing uh, at the end of uh, the other season, at the end of his first season here. Um, but yeah, again, you know what I mean? It's just that mistake. It was it was into coverage that looked pretty obvious from the, from the ball. So I, I don't know what he saw on the play, but um, yeah, definitely still a team that didn't make us pay for it. But later on the season, that could make us pay, if, if you get what I mean. Yeah, yeah, completely agree with that. And to be honest, I think he forced the pass purely because of the um, delay of game, sorry, not the delay of game, the false start that he did the play before that where he rocked back. And obviously we lost five yards and I think he was just trying to make up for that. And he did, he forced the ball. Straight into right. triple coverage. It was a poor throw. But as you've already mentioned, he had quite a few good throws where he was throwing the receiver high as soon as he realised, you know what, he's not going to get there. Um, I need to get rid of the ball, otherwise I'm going to get a sack. And he did well. He did well to realise that, feel the pressure uh, and deal with it in a way that I suppose if you're new to the game, you'd probably just look at him and think, well, that was a rubbish throw. Whereas... It wasn't a rubbish throw. He knew exactly what was happening. He wasn't going to get the receiver. Cornerback was too close to him. He had to overthrow him and let it go out. So, yeah, yeah, I think I think he he had a good game. The rust is coming off. And hopefully he'll be back to the same person that uh, we had in the very first season um, when he played those five games after the bye week. Because I always thought going up to the bye week, that's going to be the important time for him to get the rust off. He's going to get his confidence back. We come back against the Browns and hopefully he's playing 100% and we actually see what we did see that first season. Yeah, uh, couldn't agree with you more. And, you know, you're starting to see it. 
and it's nice because it's like, yeah, that's that's more like it, you know. And it was for me, it was something as simple as an out route by uh, use check on. I think it was the first set of uh, plays that we had on the day. That out route, it was our bread and butter in that first season with Jimmy. You know, he was throwing those guys on time. Uh, and actually, there was one other pass that I wanted to pick out uh, to Kittle. Kittle was at least, I'd say, two yards ahead of the middle linebacker and didn't even bother throw. Uh, Jimmy didn't even bother throwing it to Kittle. And I think after he looked over at Kittle and, and kind of realized it. But there are, there are a couple of uh, plays there where at least the O-line is, is giving Jimmy a bit of time to, to get the ball away. And our O-line does look better from last year. But uh, yeah, for the most part, I thought uh, a relatively solid, especially coming back from an injury, a relatively solid performance from Jimmy there. So, but like I say, just the odd the odd thing, uh, and it would... If we ignored the interception, I think it'd be wrong. But uh, likewise, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a, a definitely upward trajectory for him. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Other than that, the flags, the penalties, they weren't too bad this week. So we ended up with nine, which is about the league average for what, for what everybody's getting. We we had the one silly one, which was Witherspoon when he kicked the ball away when the, the player being called dead. Um, so that costed some yards, five yards for that, and that that was a silly, a silly thing to do. Other than that, it's the type of things that you normally get. Every single team gets. It's always going to happen. The likes of a, a a false start when one of the O lines a little bit jittery or a hold. I think those are fine. You can put up with those as long as it's not widespread. We have reduced them, albeit only by two from last week. Um, but it's the type it's the type of mistake that I think it was much better this week than it was last week, and hopefully that'll continue to improve as well. Absolutely, couldn't agree, and I couldn't agree more. And then not only that, like again, the penalties are what's going to cost us in the bigger games as well, uh, especially heading towards uh, the playoffs. Uh, penalties are everything. When we were getting pushed back, I think the worst last season was like 30 yards. We got pushed back in one, or like 35 yards in one uh, in you know one set of uh, penalties on, on one drive. Craziness. But like I say, definite positives. For me, it's a bit of a hot button still, just because I it's been a problem for not just this year or last year. Penalties with the Niners have been a problem for quite a while. Even back to like the Chip Kelly era was was pretty bad. So, you know, any improvement's better than none. And you can tell it bothers Shen. You can just tell when he talks about it that it really grinds his gears. So um, it's, it's any improvement on that is is better than none. So, Yeah, definitely. Do you have any more negatives? Uh, the penalty uh, penalties wasn't really a negative. It was more of a still there, but it's getting much better. The lead average, ideally, you wouldn't want to see any. But again, if you're kicking the ball away, that's to me, you know, I would have expected a little bit better from Weatherspoon, but it also I feel like he's at the moment he's playing with a chip on his shoulder because uh, there were a lot of doubts about him in the preseason, and I think he's going out, and especially last season when he had a, a sort of downwards, uh, downwards uh, sophomore slump. Um, but you know, I think he's got a point to prove, and you know, especially now that Jason Verrett's back, uh, he actually played for the first time and got his first tackle uh, this weekend. Um, you know, for me. It's an interesting competition there. You know, the secondary we've thought of as being weak, especially last season. But this season, now that the pressure's been taken off from the D-line, uh, it'd be interesting to see if, uh, you know, whether Spoon can hold on to that cornerback position for the rest of the season or if it starts to um, take away uh, some of those uh, snaps. Yeah, so with the Spoon for me, he's one of my... One of the positives I've put down, I thought he had an excellent game. There was one throw, I believe, in the first quarter where the receiver was wide open. Unfortunately, because I'm down at work down in London, 
Um, I've been at work all day. I haven't had a chance to actually review any of the game from last night, so I'm doing it all off memory. I haven't had a look at the coaches 22, so I've no idea whose man that was, whether or not it was with the spoons, or what happened to allow that wide receiver you're talking to be about so was open. K- yeah, I think the one you're talking about was K1 Williams, I think. Uh, right. He was the nickel. Cl- but th- th- there was there a lot wrong with that play because that wide receiver, I think it was Boyd, when at least 10 meters ahead of any any defender that was supposed to be covering them. So definite breakdown there. But you know, to, to switch it back to a, to a more positive note, even the second string defense looks powerful. It, it looks this wide nine concept really looks like it puts the pressure on the, the O-line. And there's a couple of players I wanted to pick out uh, that I've been really impressed with, but not a lot of people are really talking about. Ronald Blair, for example, has been a sleeper for me, even last season. You don't you don't notice a lot of Ronald Blair stuff because he's you know sort of in the you know in the midst of it in the uh, in the wars. But when you look at it, he's always the guy getting up that's pressured the quarterback or is really close to the quarterback. If you see him, it's always him or DJ Jones that's really putting pressure down. So it's not just the the key items on the outside with with Ford and Bosa. Eric Armstead had a great game yesterday and 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 really you know. People say, oh, there's Eric Armstead. But really, he stepped up his game. You know, he was a first-round talent. We thought that he was going to be good, and we never really saw where that talent was. But I'm starting to see, especially in this new concept, you're really starting to see people coming to the road. I thought even um, uh, Solomon Thomas did all right yesterday. So overall, I think this change of concept really has played well into the what we had on our roster already. So so listening to what you've just said there, it's, it's made us think about a certain person that we were very critical of last season, certainly both myself and Brian, we, we were critical of him um, quite often. And to be honest, at the time, I think we had, I think we had good right to be critical of him, and that's Robert Sala. When you look at the way the defense has played over the the last two games, and, and the fact that last season he actually turned around and the excuse he was making was, well, we don't actually have all of the pieces on defense to play the scheme that we're trying to implement, but we still need to try and implement the scheme for the players that will be here next season and who do fit the scheme. So last season, we didn't look great on defence. This season, we've looked excellent. Yeah, and it's, it's you see Bosa, for example, he actually played a lot more snaps this week. I didn't think he would, but um, he actually played a lot more than the week before. You just see Bosa, they're, they're frightened of him, and it is frightening to see how quickly he gains separation from uh, the tackles um there was a you know week one he missed um winston kind of wide open on, on what would have been his first sack and that's mainly because he's a big guy that's pretty much sprinting full ball at the quarterback and somebody's nimble enough and i actually think this season the mobile quarterbacks may be our achilles heel uh not sure yet that the jury's out for me but um that's where I think Ford needs to step up. I, I, I've not seen as much of Ford as I have of Bosa. I don't know if maybe I'm just watching Bosa too much for, versus Ford, but Ford seems to be there or thereabouts. And, you know, but I, I feel like more pressure comes from uh, from Bosa's side than Ford. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's something I picked up. I don't know about you. So I haven't really noticed, to be honest, so I can't say yes or no. Um, what I do recall is I think Ford went off late in the first half and I don't believe he returned. I don't think so. No. Um, no. no. So so he's picked up an injury, but he is expected to be fit for next week. Again, I, I thought the run defense last season was not as good as um, 
our pass offense and our, pa our pass rush was, was not that good either. But um, this season, I thought so far the run defense has been okay. Um, definite room for improvement. Although, you know, when we head into the positives, Quan, Quan Alexander, uh, I thought was definitely the MVP of the game last year, uh, yesterday, along with Kittle on the offense. And, uh, and I'll explain why my reasoning for that in a second. But um, I thought Quan looked everything that Foster should have been, uh, in my opinion. Uh, he was all over the place. Uh, every time, you know, there was a player breaking a tackle, Quan was there to, to pick up the pieces. So, you know, for me, there's been a lot of improvement there. But again, second second week in, I'd like to see a bit more uh, control of the of the, the amount of points and red zone opportunities they had. I mean, they did have touchdowns that were brought back. But, uh, you know, again, the, the the score could have been very different had had the penalties not been there, you know. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So let's let's move on to the positives then um, on both sides of the ball. Um, for me, Jimmy looked more composed as I've already said. Um, the running backs were absolutely on fire. Unbelievable! It, it was really good to watch them uh, do that, especially in the second half. The start of the second half, the way we started was unbelievable. Debo Samuel, he looks absolutely fantastic. He looked legit. Um, his catching, he, he was just unbelievable. 87 yards, one touchdown. Over the moon that he, he's getting a touchdown to to break that duck. So the pressure's off him a little bit as well. Kittle, he's far more than a receiving target. He was excellent absolutely. in both pass and run blocking. I thought he was just superb. Um, Witherspoon, he had an excellent game. We continue to sack the opposing quarterback multiple times. That's absolutely fantastic because we really struggled last year. And all around, we looked like a completely different team to last year. Um, the, the defense definitely is such a huge improvement. And on our offense, we actually feel dangerous. We feel dangerous all the way across the field. And it's just so pleasing to see this again because we've waited for the last uh, six, seven years to be in a position to watch some really good football again. Absolutely. And, you know, even even trick plays that Dante Pettis throw across to, to Debo for that run. There, there are small things like that when you're like, OK, so now we're starting to enjoy ourselves a little bit on offense. And we weren't there. We were just trying to get fast downs, trying to get make anything work. And I feel like we've just made that small step into, OK, we feel comfortable enough to now start, you know, being a little bit more risky. For example, there was a trick play last week to Kittle. I think it was a a, a run option to Kittle to get extra down uh, to to break a fourth down I think it was there's just small yeah. things like this where, you, where you're starting to see the, the genius of Shanahan I think playing Mullins and this is no disrespect to Mullins I think Mullins is a very good quarterback but um, you just felt like maybe the the offense was a little bit limited given what we had but this year you feel like all those promises of well he knows the playbook all the you know 100% and he knows the why behind the what now you're starting to see that really come in you're starting to see this exuding confidence coming out of even Samuel that that uh, Debo's route for that touchdown was so clear and so so crisp for me that um, I'm really 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 excited to see what he has the kid's got so much top speed but his acceleration and power for for somebody that is apparently the rumor was that he was not six foot. He was slightly below six foot when they measured him at the combine. But like, to me, he looks so much bigger than that. Just he looks a very thick player that is willing to fight, just like Jalen Hurd did in the preseason, willing to fight to get that first down, willing to to take take other defenders out in order to to push across the line. So, really, really proud to see. And you know, that's a credit to the, to the game department, uh, Ebo like that. 
Um, I wasn't as big on the wide receivers this this year round, but um, starting to see a lot of uh, promise coming out of that that position. But you know, right now, who is the wide receiver number one in the, in our team? I can't see it myself. I don't. I, I the, the jury's out again for me because uh, you can tell that Pettis is in the uh, the doghouse still. So I don't know what your views is on that. Yeah, I think exactly the same. Um, it's obviously it's definitely not Pettis. Pettis is not the number one wide receiver at the moment, or until he uh, books up his ideas, gets into shape. Um, from all accounts, it was the the way he returned to to the preseason training. He was out of shape. He, he hadn't done any work. Um, Shanahan thought he, he would come on and actually try and make the number one wide receiver his position, his slot. It just hasn't happened. But I think it was one of the commentators made a good point and said um, the, the only thing, one of them had turned on said the only thing that uh, the 49ers offense is currently missing is a true number one wide receiver, to which his core commentator replied, in this offense with Shanahan running it, every single player on that field is a number one wide receiver for the 49ers because he can scheme any single one of them open. Heck, Kittle was our number one wide receiver. I would argue Kittle was our number one wide receiver yet, last season. You know what I mean? Not even, um, I think the person that led us on on was uh, born, I think, for receiving yards. But ultimately, you're right. Um, it was kind of like uh, when you play fantasy with Green Bay, any of the wide receivers could have got a touchdown on, on any given weekend. You know what I mean? But you actually look at the demographics for our touchdowns this weekend. It wasn't just one player getting the touchdowns. It, the ball was spread out amongst a lot of players. You know, it was nice to see Wilson get some running touchdowns. I actually thought Wilson had a really strong um, preseason. Uh, and most of it for me, coming out of uh, that broken arm last season, to, to show that acceleration to burst through and get that touchdown really shows uh, that, again, these uh, defensive coordinators really got to not just think about who our number one running back is. We've got a whole list of, of weapons that, that we've uh, got that are all kind of under the radar on their own way. Hurd's not even played yet. And I think Hurd may end up being the best player out of that draft, it, you know, if, if he utilizes the talent that he has. So uh, overall, uh, you know, it's young is what it is. It's young and it's inexperienced and there are going to be mistakes from this wide receiver core. Um, I think what Shanahan wanted is the Pettis shows the promise, not just uh, on the field, but uh, mentally he's there, uh, super smart route runner, super smart, um, his footwork's really good. I just think maybe Shanahan's trying to hold him to a higher standard because ultimately I think at some point you're going to see Marquise Goodwin maybe move on to another team because I think we've already got the footworks for what we want to take in the in the future seasons. And I'm not sure if if... Goodwin's going to be a part of that after this season. I don't know about you, but I, I personally, one of my questions was to you was going to be, who do you think will be uh, the wide receiver one and two next season? Because I don't think Goodwin will be either of those. Yeah, I've got to agree with that. I, I don't actually think Goodwin will be on the team next season, if I'm honest. Um, as you've said, we, we've got Debo Samuel, we've got Dante Pettis, we've got Jalen Hurd, um, we've got Trent Taylor, who's excellent on third down in the slot receiving role. And if he can re reignite that chemistry he had with um, Jimmy during those first five games of Jimmy's first season, that's absolutely excellent because whenever Jimmy targeted Trent Taylor on third down, I, I think his passer rate was something ridiculous like uh, money. 142. It was money. It was, yeah. money. It was absolutely money. It looked like Brady and Wes Welker all over. It just looked like that. You know what I mean? Um, and, and the other one, it, Richie James. You know, people yep. were questioning whether he was even going to be on the team this season. Yet to me, he's put all the doubters down. 
uh, and, and come through with some really strong performances that, you know, nothing necessarily flashy, but he did what he needed to do. And I think, um, especially considering uh, the touchdown uh, in the preseason and everything, I just like where we're at at the wide receiver. I, I know people think that we need a legit number one. Let's see how the season goes. We're only in week two here. And, and quite honestly, what I've seen from Debo already, I think once once he starts to settle in the role, I think we're going to see a lot more of him. He actually reminds me a little bit of AB, not without all the drama, but in terms of the way he 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 runs the routes and makes people misses uh, miss. You know, a lot of uh, a lot of talent there. So really excited about the wide receiver group. Re- really excited. But again, I just want to see that progression this season. I, I don't think we're going to get any uh, Pro Bowlers, but I just like to see uh, some solid numbers and, and not only that, see it balanced a little bit more instead of just having one person uh, leading it with people on the peripherals. So yeah, see see how we go. Yeah, definitely. Um, so just a few stats to finish off before we uh, put Ian on the spot. So Jimmy G, 136 passer rating, 297 yards, three touchdowns, and one terrible pass for an interception. Matt Breda, 120 yards on the ground. Mostert, 83 yards on the ground, 151 yards combined with a touchdown. Wilson got in on the act, 34 yards, two touchdowns. Debo Samuel, 87 yards, one touchdown. Goodwin, 77 yards, one touchdown. We've had four sacks. Ronald Blair has played lights out. We've had 572 total yards on offense, 8.4 yards average per player, which is ridiculous. And we've restricted the the Bengals to 25 rushing yards. Hell, Joe Joe Mixon, 11 carries for only 17 yards. There's no way I'd have guessed that before the game. He he used to be one of my backup um, fantasy team players and I could always rely on Joe Mixon and and to have 11 carries and only get 17 yards it does tell a great story about we going in the right direction absolutely couldn't agree couldn't agree more right so Ian I'm going to put you on the spot now as I have with my previous guests and I'm going to ask you for your season prediction which is the win-loss column and as well as that, I would like a bold prediction on either side of the ball for the season. So, I'm going. So, I did this at the beginning of the season just for myself. I went, I went ten and six, uh, with with losses to to like Seattle, uh, to the Saints and people like that. I'm going to modify it a little bit. I think we're going to get at least one or two more wins, maybe. But my issue is, I feel like I, I'm going to, you know, say something and it'll all go belly up so i'm gonna stick around 11 wins uh five losses uh and some bold pres- predictions on offense i don't think for offense i don't think jimmy's gonna go to a pro bowl this season either which is weird i, I my, my, my bold prediction is that uh obviously kittle will get his first uh pro bowl and my big one is that i think on offense in particular um that our offense will be a lot better than the, the, our points for our points for column will be a lot better than anybody else in our division i just feel like our offense may be a little bit better than the Rams at this point. Um, and then obviously with the other teams, it's kind of, they're kind of up in the air right now anyway. So yeah, that's my big bold pre- prediction on, on, on the offense. I think, uh, I don't think Jimmy's going to get a, a pro, uh, a, a pro bowl, but I think he should. Uh, I think both yeah. will definitely get, go to, I think that both will definitely go to the pro bowl. But, um, in terms of, uh, touchdown, uh, touchdowns on the, on the offense, I think the person that's going to lead with the touchdowns is going to be somebody that we don't think of straight away. 
I think when everything's all said and done at the end of the season, I think Jalen Hurd's going to lead the, the the wide receivers in touchdowns. So that's my big bold prediction on the offense. Yeah, so I was just about to say, um, I'm looking forward to seeing Jalen Hurd. I'm quite disappointed that he's been injured the last two games. Um, I'm not entirely sure whether or not he's going to play next week against the Steelers. I think they're kind of holding them back a little bit until after the bye week. But I am Agreed. really looking forward to seeing him play. Yeah, yeah. He just What it is, is that the one that really got it for me is the one where he sprinted at two defenders on the on the line for the touchdown in the preseason, and to me it showed. Uh, I don't care what's hap- what's going to happen. I'm just going to I'm just going to do whatever it takes to get it across the line. And I think we've missed a a, a real bell cow, somebody that that can really force a goal line threat that can either bulldoze it through or, or, or be a, an option that we can move around. I think he's really going to make a difference, especially when we head into the, when we get towards playoff season, I think having somebody like that, an offensive weapon, like, uh, like, our, our John Lynch always says, having somebody like that's going to make a big difference. And I'm actually okay with it. If, considering we're two and oh, I'm okay with him. Keep him out. Less, less, uh, less uh, film to review on, on him as far as I'm concerned, but um, you know, flicking back to that defense, I think I think you're going to see a few people on Pro Bowl from this defense. I think Sher might get back on the on the Pro Bowl this season. There's going to be yeah. a, I, th- I think I think there's a lot more upside. This is a still a relatively new system from Chris Kachurik, I think his name is the D line coach. Um, yeah, I'm not even going to try and pronounce his surname. It's I'll butcher it. Kachurik. I, 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 I'm not going to try and butcher it too much, but you can tell they respect him. You can tell they respect him. Uh, they can. You can tell they respect Bosa actually. The, 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 the whole group. The one thing I actually like about this team is they seem humble. They seem like they're just focused on doing their thing. They're not really worried about what's going on anywhere else. And I think that's a credit to not just Shanahan and Lynch. But people like Sean really dampen down expectations and really tell people to focus on what they need to do. Sherman was good for the leadership alone, never mind just what he's doing on the field. I think he's looking so much better this season. But um, yeah, overall, bold prediction-wise, I mean, you know, are they that bold, those predictions? I don't know. But I, th- I think we're going to have a lot more pro bowlers than you think um, on the defense. Uh, I think this defense um, is, is probably the best defense we've had at least seven seven years maybe maybe eight years you know it's just nice waking up yeah to two and oh yeah i'm actually excited for next week this time (laughs) you know i I mean i was always excited for a niner game but this time there's an excitement because of what we can do i feel like there's an excitement because it's like how are we going to dismantle this next team you know how are we going to take them how are we going to win you know we were talking you and i yesterday about how balanced this team is i you know they say defense wins championships but i think both the defense and the offense still have a long ways to go in terms of reaching their true potential. And that's actually what's frightening about the team. I think considering this rebuild's only taken, what, two years maybe, and they gutted 98% of the team. Uh, Credit to the team, credit to the scout team, credit to the GM. A lot of people wrote us off, but all of a sudden, people are starting to pay attention because uh, the quality is there. And and it's, it's evident when you watch the tape. So that's definitely right. People are paying attention, especially Sky Sports. So the good news for UK fans who don't have Game Pass and who have to rely on the Red Zone every Sunday, the 49ers have been announced as being the the live team, uh, the after 9 o'clock game next week against the Steelers. So there'll be a fair contingent of the UK members all happy about that. So that that is definitely a big plus. Um, We're getting noticed. They want to put us on TV. Um, I'm quite surprised, mind, with the news of Big Ben being out for the season. Um, so, to be honest, I mean, that could be a massacre 
against um, the Steelers. They're going to have no offense. The quarterback that came in, I can't remember his name. Mason Rudolph. He didn't particularly look that, right. So he didn't particularly look that good. Um, on defense, I don't think they're great. They're letting a lot of easy points through. The the Patriots absolutely smashed them. And to be honest, this is a bold, bold statement, but I would say our offense is better than the Patriots' offense at the moment. Yeah. Uh, you know, they have a lot more... I think with with the, you don't you don't know what, what what's going to happen with the wide receivers in, in at the Patriots. I mean, you've got Gordon and and AB there. Who knows what happens with that? You know, anything could happen at the yeah. end of the day. But uh, I'm actually I'm not too worried about the Steelers. I'm more worried about the the Browns and Rams game because I think the Rams is really going to be our first test to see against a team you know the that was obviously you know went pretty much all the way last last season. I want to see where we stack up. You know, I, I actually don't rate this Rams team as much as I did last season. They, they lost a few weapons. Um, you know, golf for me, I'm waiting for a, a slump to happen. I haven't seen it yet, but I just feel like, uh, I don't know. I just feel like they, they may have taken a small step backwards. And I think that might be all that we need as we're ascending and they take a slight descent. For me, I think that's all we need. We just need to take it a game at a time and make the most of our divisional games, especially at uh, Arizona. You know, I watched I watched that game yesterday, and that air raid offense does not look, not yet, it doesn't look good enough just yet, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. We've got a lot of uh, mobile quarterbacks uh, in the in the division, so I want to see I want to see how we deal with uh, Kyler Murray and, and Wilson, because I went to watch the Seahawks game against Wilson, and containing him, I mean, you can, you can collapse the whole pocket and the guy can still throw a 65-yard touchdown down the field. It is it's demoralizing at times. I want to see what this change brings to that to that uh, dynamic and, and see if we can really contain Russell this time. So, Yeah, I think we're in for an interesting season without a shadow of a doubt. And, and it's going to be one that is far better than the last few seasons that uh, we've had. Yeah, bold, bold right. prediction is that I think that we go. Uh, I think we go wild card. I think we we win a wild card game, and then the game after I think is probably where where we'll finish at the end of this season. And that, in my mind, reaching the playoffs was always supposed to be the goal of year three, and I'll take it. So we'll take it from considering last season. We'll take a, a, a any any sort of playoff situation whatsoever. We'll take. You know what I mean? Um, or push Rams as hard as we can. To, to get that playoff position. But um, that's really what I'm, I'm more focused on is, 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 is winning the easier games and, and winning on the road is really important. So two and all on, on, on away games is already really good. So there's a lot there, Lee, that uh, to be uh, positive about, but to the same degree, it is also, you know, week two, let's see where we are at the end of the bye week And uh, yeah, let's, let's see, let's see where we go from here. But um I like Shan. Shan seemed disappointed actually that it could have been more, <laughs> which I like out of a coach. Yeah. He seemed he seemed like he wanted more out of it. So I think we're in a good situation and uh, temper expectations, but also you know slightly feel a bit confident. You know, a bit more confident than last year about where we go. So, but uh, yeah, absolutely. So it was a great game, a, a very great game, and it was nice to see that we're not worrying about winning after at, at the halftime mark. You know, I think uh, it was a little bit easier to to enjoy the game yesterday. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. Right. Thank you very much, Ian, for joining me and sharing the airwaves. It's It's been insightful. Um, if you ever want to come back on, just drop me a message via Facebook and we'll get you back on. Um, so. We've got quite a list of people all wanting to uh, have a go now. 
Um, so, yeah, we'll have to fit you in somewhere over the season. Or if not, we'll do a off-season special and uh, we'll talk 49er football during the off-season as well. Sounds good. Thanks so, for having me. Guys, no problem. No problem at all. So thanks for listening, guys. Um, don't forget, um, if you download via iTunes to rate us on there because it bumps us up to the front whenever anybody does a, a search on 49ers podcast. So that'll be much appreciated. If anybody wants to review, crack on. Give us a good review if you want. Um, that'll be much appreciated as well. So we've got three, four days before we do the preview show for the Steelers. I'll be back with us with an as yet unnamed guest. Um, actually, no, it will be a named guest. It's Brian. Brian makes his return this Friday. I hope Brian remembers that because I've now put him on the spot. He will definitely make us come back this Friday. So look forward to that and uh, enjoy the rest of your week. I imagine uh, there's a lot of you haven't stopped smiling yet. And I think that smile might last all the way until next Sunday. Have a good one, guys. Thanks a lot. We love the San Francisco 49ers deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep heart. Garrison Hurst, stiff arm going 99. Don't get it twisted. Won it all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Gruden, Walgren, Bill Belichick were all students. And Bill Walsh, don't ever forget.